0: This is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, it takes that hop off the path.
1: Positive. You gotta be kidding me.
2: Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite and it's
0: in. Kind of like that! I would like to welcome a three-time PGA Tour winner and a winner on the Champions Tour as well, uh, Cameron Beckman to the Sub-70 Podcast. Pro, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to do this today.
2: Well, Jason, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to a chat with you. It's always fun talking to you, and uh, it's really been a pleasure getting to be friends with you. You're a great human, and uh, I'm willing to do whatever you want (laughs) to do, and I've certainly... We'll tell you and talk to you, and we can uh, have a good chat about whatever you want.
1: All right.
0: Well, it's going to be, you know, we're going to stay to golf. If you could pass that message on to my wife every now and then, that would be helpful. <laughs> Appreciate it. Of the, uh, kind words. Uh, I don't know if she would agree with you all the time, but, uh, you know, I feel the same way. It's been a pleasure to get to know you as well and kind of work with you a little bit on the equipment side. So, you know, yep. we'll, we'll have some fun with this one. So, you know, first of all, really I got You know... Golf pros are always working on stuff. The season's kind of fully getting started here with spring. How's the state of your game? What are you working on? What are you focusing on? You know, sort of where are we at?
2: Well, my game is actually a lot better. I really played poorly last year. I just, uh, I don't know what the deal was. I was having trouble getting it off the tee a little bit. And, you know, I just uh, really couldn't get anything going all year. I think I had one top ten and, you Played pretty poorly the whole season, but it's interesting. I, I was hitting it left, hitting it left as a driver all year. And um, I, I did, you know, this is going to sound kind of, well, kind of basic, but I I went to a little stronger left hand about three years ago, grip wise. And I went back to my old grip uh, probably a month ago, and all of a sudden now I think I can play again. And the ball's starting to work. I'm seeing the ball come out of the window. I want with the driver with a little fade and, uh, you know, all of a sudden I feel like I can play good again. So I'm looking forward to hopefully play three weeks in a row, at least here coming up at the end of the month and then, uh, see if I can get going again out there.
0: Do you have a teacher you rely on or, or, you know, someone that you trust when your swing isn't exactly where you want it, where you can put a set of eyes on it and say, okay, what's going on here? Or do you sort of self-diagnose and fix?
2: Yeah, I'm more of a self-diagnosed guy. I, uh, I actually, I went into this deal where since all my friends, some of my friends are retiring and it's harder to get a game these days. I've been playing by myself, which I've never done in my whole career. But, and I really got into like, uh, just really feeling and seeing what I was doing. And that's how I came up with the grip thing. I'm like, it's just, you know, what I, what in my mind, what a driver, when I'm trying to hit a 10 yard cut off the tee, what it feels like just wasn't happening. And so, I make the adjustment in the grip. It just dawned on me while I'm out there by myself. I play at TPC of San Antonio. Nobody's on a golf course. It's a perfect way to practice. And you know, it just all of a sudden I'm seeing the ball do what I did. I played played the two qualifiers here. Played good, and both of them missed the first one by a shot, and the second one by two. But finally, seeing some you know hitting the ball good again. I, I was having trouble with uh, ball striking, which has never been a problem for me in my career. And so. Um, you know, like I said, I'm
0: excited to get going again. We'll talk champions tour here first, before we get out, you know, to what you accomplished on the PGA tour. But I always say the toughest tour in the world to get onto, um, even for the listeners, like for how hard it is, right? I mean, you have a win out there in 2021 and you know, a lot of yeah. times people think, oh, you win. It's a two year exemption on the PGA tour. You know, whenever you win, it's that year plus an extra two out there one year and that's it after being a winner. So, you know, would you confer, like con- concur that it's that hard of a tour to get out there and stay out there for the most part? Like it's, it's, it's a kind of a closed circuit out there a little bit.
2: Yes, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a boys club is what I would call it. And it's, you know, it's the guys that are in the hall of fame. It's guys that have won majors. It's uh, career money list. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's. it's by far the hardest tour to plan, but it's by far the best tour. I think it's it's so much fun. Uh, it, whoever's designed it has done it perfectly. It's it's a retirement tour. You know, it's not. It's three days generally, except for the bigger tournaments. Uh, you can take a cart. Um, you know, if you need to. Um, it's a much more relaxed atmosphere. Uh, in fact, I when I started playing out there, I couldn't. I had to actually kind of add another 15 minutes in before I play because I knew there was going to be 15 minutes of chatter, which, you know, on the regular tour, there's none of, there was none of that stuff. Right. But, um, it's just a total different, uh, I mean, it's just a fun atmosphere, but it's, it's, um, it's like we're getting all, all of us are getting to be buddies. I just didn't have that feel when, um, we were playing the regular tour and I think is what it is is everybody's so just you know, thankful to still be playing at this age. I mean, you look at Bernhard Langer, when is that? I think he's 65 years old and he's still out there winning golf tournaments. I mean, what, what sport do you get to do that in, right?
0: Well, so, yeah, it's crazy it how is, it's crazy how good he has been for. I thought the Hale Irwin yeah. record out there would never be touched. I, I, it's, the, it's 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 crazy, phenomenal, yeah, of his excellence.
2: I got to Hawaii two years ago on Sunday morning. Luke and I were going to play. We played the course. Um, we were there for a week, but, and Bernhard was working out in the gym. And I was like, wow, you know, this is Sunday morning. We're, we're five days out or four days out from starting and he's working out. And I was like, hmm. you know, it's, it's just, and i talked to him, you know, he's just like, I'm just trying to keep myself going, just trying to keep my body going. And, you know, that's, that kind of tells a lot about, first of all, it was worth that, but how much he loves to play still. And that's, that's my deal. Is I just love to play. So, uh, to have the opportunity to even be out there doing it at the stage, it's just been a blast.
0: So where is that mark now? Like I was looking, you're like you know three wins, it's not like you won once, multiple tour winner, and you have almost 10 million in career earnings, and that's still not fully yeah, exempt I mean, out there. Like where's no, that threshold now?
2: I don't. I'm not sure what the career money is to get you in. It's probably like 13 to 15 million, I would say. And oh, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's you know that. To, to get in those tournaments in that way is, 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 tough, but, you know, they've also decided it was four spots qualifiers on Monday. Now it's three. So they've taken one of those spots away and given it to career money. Um, it's, it's closed off. I mean, you, you know, I didn't get my card to school You know I ended up winning in, in, uh, 2021 to, you know, to get another year out there, but, you know, you gotta keep, you got to keep cranking. There's no, uh, you know, everybody's working on a game, and I feel like the play has gotten better since I started. You know, so there's always guys coming in here now that are turning 50. Brian Gage has turned 50. Uh, Justin Leonard's out here now. Those guys are all exempt. So it's, you know, you got to keep cranking there.
0: Yeah, and think about Brian Gage. Like, he's still competitive on the PGA Tour. He's still PGA Tour right. good. Like, good, good.
2: Well, Stewart thinks is going to be 50 this year. I mean, I don't know if he's coming to play the senior tour or not, but he's still out there. You know, he's still keeping his card on the regular tour.
0: Zach Fisher, so, who plays our clubs last year, played with him. Where did he play with him? at a, Oh, at a, a PGA Tour event, Zach got in. And he's, I was talking to him afterwards. He's like, dude, I, I got outdriven by like 15 yards by a 49-year-old man who just whooped my ass, uh, you yeah, know, just bombing yeah. it. Past. I go, he's that long ago? Still, and he goes murders it like just literally murders it, and the dude's like fifty. He was laughing like he said, yeah. "I just got drummed by a fifty-year-old man on tour." So, like, <laughs> you know, he's yeah, well, that Padre, good still.
2: Padre Carrington, you know, I live here in San Antonio. He just played good this week. Like, I don't know what he finished, but I think he finished in the top ten. He top he have a good. Well, he was up there at one point. I'm not sure what he did. I didn't see yesterday's full round, but I mean. You know, you, you can still bang it out there, playing far.
0: Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. You know, you're talking. You know, gay, you know, Gay out there, Sink if he decides to do. I mean, like I said, the the new players coming out, are, you're going to start getting some more of these modern guys who just murder it off the tee, and yeah. if their wedge game is dialed in and their putters dialed in on the Champions Tour. Look out! I mean, Stewart Sink to do well.
1: It's a. It,
2: yeah, right. It's interesting because a lot of the courses kind of bottle up. So, you know, I end up hitting a lot of three-woods off the tee's and stuff like that. But, you know, if you if you can, like, I think Padraig, not only did he hit it far last year, but he hit it straight. If you can hit it far and straight on that tour, you're just going to, you know, you're going to have a, you're going to play well. It's just, um, you know, I'm not sure I didn't play with Padraig, but you know, he might be carrying the bottles. I don't, you know, the areas that bottle up, I'm not sure how he's doing it, but he obviously had a great year and I think I don't know if he's planning on playing the PJ tour this year or what his deal is, but and then you got a guy like Bernhard that's hitting it, you know, pretty relatively short. Obviously he's sixty five years old but he still wins the golf tournament. So it's it's just a cool the whole setup is awesome. David Toms has won a couple times this year. He doesn't hit it very far off the tee. Uh, you know, these guys can still really play golf.
0: Hundred you know, percent. Yeah, yeah. Really him.
2: can still play golf.
0: But old uh, DT, he can still put it and wedge it and nine iron and eight iron it. You know, pin high all yeah. day long and give himself a ton of chances. He's you know he's still kind of right. sneaky long if you watch him. Like every now and then he'll he'll bomb one out there pretty good. When I was watching him win, he yeah. he's still got some horsepower.
2: Right. So you know it's it's. um yeah, it, it's, you know, people, I don't know, I just, there's a lot of people that think they're just going to go out there and start running over these guys, and it's just, it's not the way it goes, it's just not that easy, you know?
0: Well, I was going to ask you about your, your win, you know, at the, at the Dick Sporting Goods Open, and, and coming down the stretch, you had Clarky and Elsie had to beat, like, A, mm-hmm. how much fun mm-hmm. is that, that you're, like, going up against two of the best of their generation, literally, and B, what kind right. of confidence do you get knowing you can beat those guys, you know, when you're at your best, and they were playing great that week, and you can beat them. Like, that's be a pretty cool feeling.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. It was, um, you know, I think I, I actually feel like I'm better than I was when I played the tour. I hit it further. I'm in better shape. Um, I putt better. I just, I, I feel like I can still play. And so, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a great challenge. It's just, you know, playing against those guys that are in the hall of fame or, you know, it's fun to try to beat them. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's been a little bit of a bummer. Like I played Hawaii this year, so I get in the best tournament of the year because of my win, but now I haven't played for three weeks or whatever, whatever the last two tournament is. So, you know, I really want to get back out there and start playing these guys, but, um, you know, you gotta be sharp. I mean, you got to be sharp if you're going to beat them. That's for sure. A lot of the guys, even the older guys like Gene Sowers or John Houston, or you know, these guys are still shooting great scores. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's just been a blast. I, I'm just so thankful that I, you know, can still play and 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 get out there and play.
0: Had Kelk on a podcast last week, and we uh, always great conversation with him. Speaking of champions tours, uh, champions tour players, and. Great guy on top of it, and we talked about the potential new golf ball ruling coming out. What's, what's your thoughts on that? And then B, do you think the Champions Tour plays the shorter ball, or would they? You know, I, it's half. You know, it's entertainment out there, and we want to see our heroes making birdies, not you know yeah, looking like us. So how, where do you see that coming down? Like A, overall, what do you think of the rule if, for everything in golf? And B, how do you think it would relate to the Champions Tour?
2: I don't really understand what, what, what are they trying to protect? I I don't, I don't, I don't, haven't, I'm not steeped in it. I haven't read about it. I don't really understand what they're trying to do. What do you know? What they're, what's the purpose of it? Like what, what's the thought?
0: My my guess is that they feel, you know, for lack of a better word for, and this is the part where I disagree, you know, point zero 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 percent of, you know, 1% of the golfers are making some of these golf courses like Augusta or Marion or the old course obsolete, so mm-hmm. they're going to have an elite ball and a this, the normal ball, right? Okay. Uh, but the question would be, where does the definition air quotes of a uh, of elite stop and start? And B, mm-hmm. golf is you know doing very well right now. You know, and 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 I think. I'll speak for myself. Like, I don't want to see 270-yard tee shots. Shit, I can do that sometime. I want to see you guys hit it 300 (laughs) yards in the air and carry a bunker that I have no chance of doing, right? Like, to me, part of golf is still you guys are like Dean Martin on stage. You're entertaining, right? And to me, it's fun to go out to the John Deere Classic, which I've played that golf course a bunch of times, and watch you guys do things I can't possibly do, right? I can't play that good. I can't carry that. I can't wedge it to that pin. I can't do that. So I don't understand. So the idea is, you know, they want the John Deere Classic to go down to shoot, you know, fifteen under par instead of twenty two under. I, I, I I, I don't. You know, then what do the manufacturers do if you're Titleist? You're going to spend all this money on a ball that I'm not going to go buy. What do you do if you're the Champions Tour? Because Champions Tour, like you said, I don't want to see Freddie struggling. Not that Freddie would struggle, but I want to see Freddie shoot sixty six.
2: Yeah. So here's here's my thinking. So. I'm a big golf fan. I love to watch golf. In fact, I watched my good friend Roberto Diaz play nine holes the other day, I, and I watch my son play all the time. He's playing in tournaments. I love to watch golf. I like to watch the kids that he's playing with. I just like to watch golf. So when I see Rory McIlroy stand up on a tee, and he's one up on a, on I a, um, – uh, I can't remember who he was playing. I guess it doesn't matter, but everybody saw the shot. And He flies it on the front edge of the green and hits a three C. And he basically looks at his competitor and says, "You're done." Yep. I mean, why don't? That's what I want to watch. I want to watch Rory McIlroy bomb the ball on the on the green and do that. That to me is. I mean, how many people got out of their seats and went to Dick's or wherever and bought that driver? You know what I'm saying? They bought the new Stealth driver because Rory McIlroy just hit it on the green and hit a 350 in the air. I just, I don't, I don't understand what we're trying to do with that whole deal. And I know for sure that the tour made a decision about, I don't know, 15 years ago that they weren't going to have any rough because they wanted the big ball, the big game, the the big arenas to, you know, they want to, people want to watch that. I want to go out there and watch. I went out to this tournament this week and I'm, you know, I want to see these kids hit at nine miles. Right. What's it look like? I wanted to see that. I agree. So. Especially on a course I play all the time. I wanted to see where they're hitting compared to where I'm hitting You know, it's like, why would we pull it back? I want to watch the entertainment part of it,
0: you know? Yeah, the one thing I can think of, you know, that and they would have the power to do it. Does Augusta, you know, does there just an Augusta ball and they make three versions? They just hire titleists to make it or Bridgestone, whoever, and say, okay, here's a low spin, mid spin, high spin ball. For this tournament, you have to play it. And players can adapt to it or not adapt. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. wonder if it goes, because I don't know if the PGA, I don't think it'd be beneficial for the PGA Tour to do it. I can't fathom how the Champions Tours benefit from watching Glenn no, Day no, go no. from 260 to 240. I, 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 no. I, exactly. So, this is it's going to be so interesting. Then what's elite Do the college players play that ball? Or do they have to play the Tour ball then at that point? It, I, that's where it's like very weird of where the bifurcation would end And then, you know, for us it would be strange because then do we have to make different irons and wedges and stuff for the new ball versus the other ball for the guys who play our stuff on tour, right? And then no one else is going to buy the irons like that. It it really puts the manufacturers in a bad position, too, like for putting money and R&D and time into something that – how many people on the planet use? 500
2: Right. It costs them a lot of money. Yeah. So I went went up to – Kurt Byron's good friends, Steve Sands, and Zinger, and Dan Dix. I went and sat in the booth, and I watched You know, I watched how that all went down and listened, and it's pretty neat how those, how they produce these shows. And I was talking to Avinger about it, and we were talking about, you know, what's one thing that that, the, that changes the scoring? Grow some rough. Mm-hmm. If you don't want the scores to be so low, if that's the goal, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is, grow some rough. If you hit it in the rough, you can't hit it to the green. That's the way it was when I started the tour. I mean, you had to hit it straight. You know, Nick Faldo. Think about how big he was. He could have hit it nine miles, probably too, at some point, but he hit it short because he's hitting it straight. Yes. So, I mean, its it just you know, the U.S. Open, the uh, you know, the places that have rough, the scores go down, and, and I'm assuming that's what we're looking for, right? We want we want the guys to not shoot these incredible golf scores. Is that the goal well, of the
0: or the ball? Yeah. Like they're saying for St. Andrews, there's no more land to buy. So to do eventually, uh, even, you know, cause they just let the rough there be, you know, they don't, it is what it is. The weather dictates how it is. Uh, you know, it didn't happen on the last tournament, but as soon as one of these days, someone can go out there and shoot a 57 because, you know, right. the, there's no more room to be had and they're going to make a mockery. I'm just paraphrasing here of, you know, one of the greatest golf courses in the world. And they don't want that to happen.
2: Yeah, I got you. Uh, so they're Just talking about wh- the history of it. Yes. The history of it. Okay. Yeah, I see. I mean, I, I, I get that. But still, it's, you know, these kids are, I mean, it's amazing to me. You know, like I went and played this Puerto Rico Open. They had a full, they, the, the tournament put a full gin in the ladies locker room for the kids. Full, like a, I went in there. I was like, "What is this?" It was like a, like a. I felt like I went into an LA Fitness. It was amazing what they're doing for these kids, because they're all working out.
0: Yeah,
1: they're bigger. You know, that's
2: part of the thing. Yeah, bigger, stronger, banging on it. You know, you still got a putt and chip, but uh, you know, it's fun to watch. I just, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me as far as for an entertainment value. In my mind,
0: I'm with you. And I, I think they're not talking about, you know, the John Deere Classic. I think they're talking about, you know, Augusta can't keep buying. Uh, but like you said, at Augusta, if you really wanted to, put, there's no rough there. If you had a little bit of rough at Augusta, that'd make all the difference in the world going to those greens.
2: Right.
0: I mean, you really want to stop the greens, right? I mean, that would do it. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, making a premium again. Like, it's not really a premium to hit, hit uh, fairways anymore. They just get up and stand up there and hit as far as they can off the key. And then they deal with it, right?
0: And the math proves that's the right play,
2: yeah, that's what that's what the analytics say is that even on par fives, they'll try to push it up there as close as they can to the green. yes, even yeah. even you know and just try to get it in the right, the right spot closest that'll give them a decent chip. They figure you know over four days they're going to make more bullies from closer, which that obviously makes sense too, but but if they didn't, the problem is is they can hit it in the rough. Like, I watched them do it on 18 this week. You can hit it in the rough and still go for the green. Right,
1: right. Where I you bet know, you, when so,
2: you
0: got on tour, that was not the case. You were laying that thing
2: out. No, no, no. I remember playing the Texas Open at Rock and Terra the first year there. If you hit it in the rough, you had to pitch out. That did. could you, not advance it at all. Yeah. So, you know, that changes the score real quick. And I think it helps people that actually uh, drive it better, too. You know, the straight drivers that maybe don't hit it as far. It kind of right. brings the field, brings them in. So,
0: yeah, it's going to It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't understand. I like the entertainment value of it. I really do. You know, like I live golf's not going to use that new ball. I mean, that would make no sense for no. them. You I know, mean, they're trying to have, you know, uh, I actually watched that tournament yesterday. It was pretty entertaining. You know, watching Who ended
2: the, up winning that? Brooks who won, won that tournament. Brooks Did won he? and
0: yeah, and I have to admit I had like was kind of like intrigued by the whole team thing cuz it was close at the end. Yeah, I mean it's down at Crooked Camp You Guys know used to been, have tour school, so the golf course isn't the greatest thing in the world. But you know it's entertaining. You know they were yeah, bombing I it mean, like you know they want those guys to hit it long off the tee, and there wasn't much rough, and they let them you know bang it. But pretty good. At it. the last three or four holes were pretty tight. It was fun to watch.
2: You know what's been interesting to me is like nobody's covering it. They don't cover you know like they'll go through the LPGA the. Corn Fairy Tour, but they don't tell you what happened. Like I didn't even know who won that tournament. I haven't seen it on TV anywhere, you know. So it's uh
0: well, that's understandable. through the Golf Channel because you have an association with all the PGA Tour products, so you're probably not going right, right. to live stuff. But it was like it was kind of fun to watch, right? Like it really was. I'm not, you know. I just I'm a golf fan. I, you know, I, I don't blame the players going to live for the fact that you know he just made four point two million dollars yesterday. For winning the yeah, Crooked Cat? Like, I, okay. I mean, I, I can't blame Brooks on that one. He's got a wife and probably no. will have a family. Like,
2: <laughs> It is a business. But, you know, some, most of the people that complain about it have already made millions of dollars, and it's, you know, no big deal. But, I mean, in, at the end of the day, it's a business, and everybody's trying to support their families and do its best for them. Because, you know, this game, you never know, like – like Bryson Chambeau, for instance, is a good example to me. Is Why did he go? You know, he was kind of cranking. He was the man. That's all we talked about was Bryson DeChambeau. And I don't know for sure this is speculation, but he must have hurt his wrist enough where he didn't think he could do it anymore. So he went ahead and went, went that direction. You
0: know what I mean? Or here's $100 million on top of what you can win each week.
2: Well, that's obviously true, too, but... I mean, he was on his way on the PGA Tour. He just won the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's kind of the guy, right? I mean, for, you know what I'm saying? How, how many times, every time I turn down the TV, they're showing how far he just hit a drive. Well,
0: I think it's either one or two things. It's either exactly what you're saying, that deep down he knows he's not ever going to be the same player again, there's something wrong, mm-hmm. or I'm mm-hmm. just going to take the money. I you know, yeah. I don't think he doesn't come from money. So do you just set your family up for the rest of your life? And I realize that once again, you know, I'm an entertainer. I've got some time to get in the majors still. But if I don't play in majors, you know, I'm going to wind up uh, at 50 years old with $250 million in the bank. Uh, You know, because he's probably not going to be playing real well in his 40s, swinging that hard, as you probably know. So he's going to be more like a normal pro athlete, you know, 38, 39, body's going to break down and too many injuries to play at the level, but at that point he's going to have a couple hundred million dollars, and then you just go spend time with your wife and your kids and, and do something else, right? Because you've accomplished yeah. everything. You've got a major. you got all the money. you got the accolades. I, I, right. I would be okay with that.
2: Sure. I mean, Abraham Ancher is a good friend of mine. He lives here in San Antonio, and, and when I heard what he did, I first thing I did was call him and congratulate him. I mean, he grew up, you know, he didn't grow up rich. He, you know, he's worked his way up. He's got a tequila company. He's got a clothing company. You know, I couldn't be happier for the guy. You know, he's first of all he's a beautiful human being, but I mean, how can you fault him? I, you can't, I, I don't understand faulting these kids for doing this stuff. I mean, it's it's life changing money.
0: Yeah, I always think like people say that until one day, if they really offered you fifty three million dollars and said, "Here's a contract," and your lawyer looks it over and goes, "It's legit," and you think to yourself, "I'm one wrist injury away from being Luke Donald, where I'm irrelevant on tour, one right. major surgery, and I'm." right yeah and then you don't you, know
2: what's going to happen
0: if if i you know you look at your wife and if you had small kids and you say this money will take care of our family for a couple generations easily and i'm one you know mm-hmm. in the back of your mind i'm one injury away from never being the same god how do you not take the cash and just say ah. i'm going to take care of my family and stuff and critics can say what they want mm-hmm. i'm i'm it's, just it's, i'm doing this i'm sorry i'm just doing it yeah,
2: so it's... it's uh, And, you know, they've made a lot of changes on the tour because it's going to benefit of the guys that are playing out there, too. Oh, that's So the they're interesting. playing for a lot more money. Uh-huh, and, right. Know, Do you Nicholson, think... Nicholson, well, I mean,
0: yeah, is Phil now... Nicholson,
2: he got a lot of, lot of flack, didn't he? But he was right. I mean, they've made a ton. they up upped the purses. They're giving these kids five hundred grand, I think, to start. And, you know, they've, they've done some changes that have helped the tour
0: a hundred percent I was talking to Calc about this and I asked him straight up like do you think Phil got his reputation back a little bit because looking back he was right and he goes I I do Mm -hmm. I do because all of a Mm -hmm. sudden now these guys who are 74th on the money list are going to be making twice the amount of money they would have and the big guys are going to be making twice the amount and I don't think any of this stuff happens without Phil lighting the bomb off at first
2: yeah they had to start competing with some other tour yeah. Keep some of their guys, you know. So, uh you, you know, it's it's. They're obviously. What have they got? These not totally steep in what they're doing, but they. It seems to me they got these bigger purse events or like uh, like eight or nine tournaments that have these huge purses.
0: You yeah, with, know? So with, no that, with no cuts. With no cuts. Yeah, as there what, shouldn't be cuts on that come
2: from? Well, I can, that didn't I can, just come out of the blue. That's because they have competition, right?
0: And, so. yes, and, and I always said this, right, like, on uh, those events, like, you know, because they were ripping on Liv, and I'm like, I'm not, like, massively pro-Liv, I'm just, I'm, my, I'm friends with the players, and I'm happy for my friends that are the mm-hmm. players, right, from this on both sides, if their PGA Tour or the Corn Fairy Tour purses went up, right, all of that right. is beneficial from having competition, but, you know, I never understood at these, you know, they were really mad at first that Liv doesn't have a cut, on these elevated events, there shouldn't be a cut because, like, my dad had to work Monday through Friday. When I, and I was a golf nut as a kid. like, And if I wanted to, you know, I was talking to Kelk about this. Like, I loved Kelk when I was a kid, right? Like, just hitting hard uh, fades. Who didn't?
2: and did right? Yeah, right. Like, just, <laughs> you know,
0: lashing at it hard and firing at everything. And, you know, he had this sort of great demeanor of, you know, no fear. And he's if he's on, he's on. If he's off, he, he's still firing at everything. Well, yeah, it would have been yeah, like, I was a, yeah, it was great, right? Like, he was a great player of his generation. I loved Kelk. I would have been, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember I got to meet him. I got an autograph from him. But my dad had to take me out to the, you know, it was the Hardys back then on a Saturday. Well, that would have sucked if I couldn't have seen Kelk as a kid, right? right? That's from a the good cl- point. Thing.
2: Good point. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't
0: care where he was at in the tournament. I wanted to watch Mark Kelk you know, pound some power mm-hmm. fades out there and, you know, and try to get an autograph from him afterwards. I get yeah. why, there's, I don't understand, yeah, having no cut on this stuff, to me, makes all the sense in the world for Live and for these top elevated events, because those events have such marquee players, and both tours, Live or the, you know, the fields are about the same size, the fans should be able to go see Phil, or they should be able to see Rory, even if Rory is not having his best stuff that week.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, that's a great point. You know, I would argue that Calc was one of the first guys that's kind of playing like the kids do now. He was, Remember, he was the, kind of the first L-wedge guy? Yep. And he was trying to get it as close to that green as much as he could and chip, you know? A thousand percent? But yeah. You he else. wasn't doing the old layup to your numbers on the par five and trying to play that way. He was banging in there and getting it as far off the tee and getting as close to the green as he could. And then he had that unbelievable wedge game.
0: Correct. A hundred percent. He would pound it as far as mm-hmm. he could, then pound it as far as he could. And he was such a great wedge player and putter. He 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 could get it up and down from thirty-eight yards from anywhere. It didn't care. Yep. 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 And so. also, he was ahead of his time too on hitting. I talked to him like, when he first got on you know tour. He hit a draw, and it just wasn't working. And him and Peter Costas worked on hitting a low spin fade with a super low lofted driver, hitting up on it with the old equipment and that's when he became great that he said i could basically mm-hmm. eliminate the left side of a golf course and swing as hard as i could and it wouldn't go left. left yeah and then all of a sudden he's like i found it like i was long and straight and played one ball flight basically like you know he could hook it if he had to but for the most part he just hit hard power fades with everything and yeah, he's that's kind of, all the time and that's kind of a modern way to play mm-hmm. he was ahead of his time mm-hmm. any big strong guy you know, who could really move. Right. So it's kind of yeah. more of a modern player. You know, even in that era, he kind of knew, like, I'm just going to, you know, go after everything. And he would have some bad weeks. But then next week, you know, he would go out and go nuts low again. Uh, no fear. Yeah. And that's how these yeah. kids play now. So he was, he was you're exactly right. He really was kind of a modern player in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, for sure.
2: For sure. Plus, he's such a beautiful human. I love him to death. It's always a pleasure to be around him.
0: Isn't he the best? He's He's, such a good dude. He's great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been neat for me to be get friendly, you know, be friends with one of my heroes growing up. Like, you know, isn't uh, that fun? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, he's he's, he he couldn't have been nicer to me over the years, and you know, we built him some equipment. He was my first guest on the podcast. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. And we've (laughs) done it like three (laughs) times (laughs) now, and he's just you know, I'll text him, you know, outside of stuff, and he's. him and Brenda are like really good people. I, I like them a lot.
2: Oh yeah. They're great.
0: Well, I was going to ask you on your uh, pathway to the PGA tour, like you, you old schooled it. It was mini tours. It was grinding it up. And you know, what was that process like? And my other question is like, where do you find the internal tenacity and self belief and fortitude just to keep after it? Cause you didn't get out there at 20 or 21 or 22 years old. Like where do you find that inner strength?
2: Well, it was interesting because I was, you know, I was a good athlete growing up. I wanted to play in the NHL. I, I can remember myself laying around in bed at night, imagining myself playing in the NHL. I grew up in Minnesota, you know, so we played hockey all the time, but my mom was a teacher and she was a really good player. And so I would played golf in the summer with her when she didn't have to, you know, she wasn't working in the summers. And then uh when I was, so, you know, I played them both. You know, when we, I was growing up, we played. I played soccer also. We played all the sports. But in, let's see, I don't remember what year it would have been. I was 17 years old, so what is that, 87? I qualified for the junior amateur, uh, the U.S. junior amateur, and I had a blast. You know, I did the USGA thing, and I thought, you know what, I think I want to play golf. So then I ended up because I was there, the coach at Texas Lutheran College in Seguin, Texas, a little bitty NAIA school, called and said, do "You want to come play?" And so I went down on a visit. I loved the guys, I loved the atmosphere in San Antonio, the area. I got, I was in, just loved everything about it. So I went there and went to play golf. And I was pretty much up until then going to play hockey. I just switched just like that. And then. Uh, you know I got to play all year round for four or five years and and kind of got good quick and when one bunch of tournaments in ninety one I won the uh, NAIA individual t- event uh tournament national tournament and turned pro and won mini tour events right away so I just got going but it took me six years to get my card and you know, there was plenty of times where I would talk to my dad, and he's like, "Well, do you think you should stop?" I'm like, "He's like, don't stop." I'm like, "Well, but I'm, there, you know, I'm here, I'm married." He's like, "Let's just keep going." Well, I'd win the next tournament, or um, anytime I ever thought about stopping playing, I would something good would happen. So I just kept pranking and grinding, and I love golf. I mean, I still love it. I like I said, I watch my kid. I can't wait to go watch him play. I don't even need to play. I like to watch or. I'm out here every day playing, um, and I just grinded it out, and I was fortunate I got my card three years in a row through the tour school from 2000, or 99 2000, and 2001. I went to the – you know, when we had to play six-rounders.
0: Yeah, that's pressure. And,
2: yeah, that was uh, – that's, that's one thing I wish is they still had that tournament. That was, like, the greatest – I used to watch that tournament. I, remember it, they had that on the golf channel? Oh, it's the
0: greatest tournament in the world to watch the last day. Yeah, it's better than a major.
2: The best ter- yes, it was the best tournament to watch. I'd watch it even when... I mean, I was obviously happy to live there, but I love to watch it. A
0: thousand percent. And then, yeah. uh,
2: and then in 2001, I won a tournament. And then I just kind of got going out there. But, um, yeah, like, it's just... I just wanted to play the tour so bad. Like, it was... I don't know. I just... Uh, I wanted to do it for a living so badly, and I worked my ass off. I mean... I really worked at it, but I loved it. It wasn't work. Yeah, you know, loved I couldn't it. wait to get. Yeah, I couldn't wait. Then I still can't. Like, I'm, we're gonna go out there this afternoon. I can't wait to get out there, and I'm 53 years old. So that I don't know that everybody loves it. You know, if you really love it, it's not. Uh, it's not work. So, um, and that's all I did. I just really, really spent a lot of time with it, and I had, my wife was, was so supportive. Never, never had me, You know. Just everybody, nobody ever told me I couldn't do it. You know, my parents were always there for me. Every, you know, there was never anybody said, no, you can't do this. So I just kept doing it, and that's how I got out there.
0: Was she with you when you were not? Did you know her before you made it on tour and went on tour?
2: Yeah, we, we met in college. Okay. So she's from San Antonio, and so that's why I've always lived in San Antonio. We live close to her family, and, and uh, it's been great.
0: When you got on the tour, was there ever a moment where you stepped on the driving range and you're like, holy shit, that is X next to me or Y or my <laughs> God, what am I doing here? Or was it like, all right, yeah, I'm ready to do this? Or was there a, you know, a air quotes tour moment where you're like, you even had to stop and look where it's like, that is, that's a legend right there.
2: Well, I, you know, I played in Tiger Woods this time. So I started in '99, and he was to '97 ish when he started '98, something 96, like that. '96, pretty young.
0: '96 was 96. his first year. Yeah.
2: So you know, from then until my last, kind of 2013, 14 is when I kind of was done being exempt. But no, that's his. That's what he was playing. So I got to watch all that. I was there for all that. Um, he was the guy that was played with him five times. Uh, I got to see all that, but you know, like even today, like So if I go to a tournament, you know, I've got to know, I've got good friends with all these guys, not good friends, but I'm friends with everybody that I I was watching. I'd go to the Texas Open in college and all these guys I'm playing with now were playing in the tournament, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty normal for me now, but at one point it was, it was pretty damn neat. And Freddie couples was always, uh, my guy growing up and he's been really good to me and helped me a bunch through the years. And, uh, like you said, you know, getting to meet Calc for you as a hero. And, you know, I got to, I've gotten to be friends with Freddie C and it's, you know, he was my guy when I was in college. And so, um, you know, it's, it's normal now, but yes, of course, back then, it was very intimidating and,
1: uh, you know, sometimes
2: hard to play with them, but, my first event, I played with Tom Watson in Hawaii on, on Saturday. Um, you know, just uh, little things like that. But um, you know, it's just it was just such a treat getting to do all
0: that. You know. So when you're playing with Tom Watson, like you're still a professional, you've earned your way out there. Do you do you have to stop and say I'm not watching him play because I'm out here competing as well, or do every now and then do you look over and like? damn, it's Tom Watson. Like, God, his golf swing right? is Like, <laughs> is it, is it hard to like put the blinders on where it's like, no, I'm out here to shoot a score and I'm out here to kick his ass. Or do you go, God, that was a good shot for Tom Watson. Right? Like,
2: well, that day, so that day, you know, I was trying to beat him. So like that day, I think we tied, we both shot three under, I think, four under something like that in Hawaii. But, Just to learn, you know, just why I'm I'm super, I'm, I'm kind of an observant guy. So I like to watch, like I watch everybody play, like just really observe what people are doing and try to learn from people. And that's, that's the only reason I really, you know, I came from, I told you my story. I mean, I, I wasn't the prodigy growing up playing golf and stuff. So I had to, I had to learn a ton of stuff and how to play. And so, I would watch, you know, I watched him all day and was like, huh, okay. even like, so I played with Varenhard a bunch so far on the senior tour and I'm watching like a hawk, you know, I'm trying to, I'm looking to see what he's doing, how he's doing it. Um, so it's, it's, it's not so much that I'm like intimidated. It's more I'm trying to learn as much as I can every time I play with these guys. And I still do. I love it. It's, it's, um, like I said, I love to watch golf. I watch it all the time. Um, I, I'm not a big sports fan. I only pretty much do sport. I only really watch golf on TV. So it's you know I love watching these kids play.
0: Well, I was going to talk to you too on the on your on the three wins, which is impressive because you know is you know one guys of your level can can win to back it up with two more. There's a different level of respect that comes with that. When you win the first one, is it relief is it pure joy and then does it get easier or harder to get the other ones once you get that first one notched out
2: let's see i think i won my second one in 2000 and, i already forgot eight or nine uh and the first one was in the old one uh you know well i don't know how much time we have but the story is, is yeah, that i good. was take your time i was I was sitting in my hot tub at home with my wife and I said, what do you... And I was 150 on the money list, I think. And I said, what do you think? Should I just... Should I started looking for something else to do. But what, what do you think? She's like, ah. She goes, just finish out the season. You can do this. Well, I win the next tournament. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> every time I ever thought about not playing uh, or got to a point, like I said, I, something happened. Um, and, then, and then I won in 2010 really quick. So that gave me a bunch of years to, uh, uh, you know, because I was forty years old when I, I turned forty the week before, and Jennifer threw a big party for me in Las Vegas, and it was at the Mayakoba. And, and so here's what my thinking was: and you'll kind of laugh at this, but okay, I'm forty years old. You know, let's try to let's try to play like we're mature <laughs> instead of acting like a kid out here. You know, so I just had even my caddies like I've never seen you that calm and just you just played really nice but you know what's interesting is i played with calc the first two days that week and uh, at my Akoba. so that might have helped me because playing with him but uh and then uh you know getting this Champions Tour win was really cool that to me was probably my favorite one of them all just because you know being
0: i guess i was 51 at the yeah, time a long time and, between them yeah to have that happen up there
2: I really want to win another one. So I've been really working my ass off to try to get going again here. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Does it get easier though, with the experience knowing you can do it and you've done it?
2: You know, the problem is, is that it's hard as shit to win. I mean, somebody's always got, you know, somebody's playing good. Sometimes it, it almost feels like it's, it's your week or it's meant to be sometimes like some of these, you know, like, uh, you can kind of feel it coming on, like, okay, I I could kinda of tell I was gonna win those tournaments, so to speak. But the toughest thing is is to get in position the last few you know, the last nine holes. That to me has always been tough. And that's what is impressive to me is the best players in the world, like you watch these like Scheffler and McIlroy, they're always there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, look the,
2: you know, they're there. They're always there.
0: They've got a chance, right? They put themselves in that position.
2: Yeah, that's what's so cool to me is that they get in the zone all the time. Like Tiger Woods, are you kidding me? He was always in the zone. Now he didn't win every time he won a bunch, obviously, but uh it's just impressive. That's how good these guys are. They're just they're just so good. It's 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 amazing to me.
0: Well, talking about uh good things, I uh, I mentioned to our uh head professional here at Sub seventy uh Kevin Healy, that I was going to have you on the podcast, and he goes, I like that guy's golf swing a lot, a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: so I watched uh, it again. No, he, he did. He's like, I love that, you know, and I watched it, you know, yesterday when we were going to do this podcast, and it's there is a lot to like in your golf swing. I'm not just saying this because you're on here, but it is very, very effortless power, a lot of body rotation, not much hand action. It looks like it's going to hit a little cut. How did, it's really good, Cameron, uh, like the, the technique what you,
2: what is, year, I don't what know, year, like, I'm guessing know, this video was maybe kinda,
0: six, seven years ago, something there.
2: Okay, really? I probably swing better now, but I actually, you know, my golf swing is kind of like, uh, you know, nobody's looking at my swing on Instagram, I can assure you. Uh,
0: there's but, a lot of good to learn from it, and my question is, did it change over the years, because what I liked about, even just the video I saw, is there's not a lot of relying on hands, it looks passive yeah. and it's very rotational, but it's effortless power. You know, it's it really is sort of the modern golf swing where, you know, it's not kind of way up and then you know, oh, like a better word, a Ben Crenshaw sort of motion where there was a, even Tom Watson, where you know where there was a lot of timing and hands, and it looks like it yeah. just gets in the slot and you just turn as hard as you can and boom. So did that swing take a while to fully develop or was that always your natural golf swing because there really is a lot to like uh especially with the modern equipment of how you swing the golf club
2: yeah so interesting story when i was i actually had a teacher when i was in ninth grade tell my dad that he couldn't help me anymore because i had too much of a hockey slip so <laughs> uh one thing that i've always taken pride on is that i'm not a big mechanical player so like I always felt like see, somebody would ask me how you're hitting it and I'd go, well, it doesn't really matter because I could get it around. Like I can, I take pride in being able to get it around no matter how um, I was all about shooting scores. Right. So um, that was my deal. And so like when I have a year like last year where I couldn't get it around, that really pisses me off because How hard is it? I should be able – I do it every day. I should be able to get it around and still shoot good golf scores, even when I'm not on, you know, totally on them. But I got really – I spent most of my time on my mental game. And so a lot of visualization, a lot of – I played it. So Freddie taught me, he's like, visualize, you know, a lot of visual stuff, a lot of thinking of shots I've hit before, and you know not so much didn't have to have a perfect golf swing to make it happen right so um but my swing is i've always been able to hit it solid and hit it straight and even though it's to me it's kind (laughs) of uh my son gives me crap about it all the time but he's got this beautiful swing that he's created for himself but You know, it looks good on Instagram, and he hits it good as can be. But my swing is, you know, I, I just more, um, I like my swing, and that I know how to handle it or what to do with it. How's that sound?
0: Yeah, and even though you say you're not, you know, mechanical, there's there's not much to go wrong with the motion I was looking at. Like I said, because it doesn't take a lot of timing, it looks like a golf swing. You could kind of just, and I'll, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, go go check out Cameron's swing because there really is a lot to learn from it. Of The the, the club is very neutral. There's not a lot of hand action and a lot of body rotation and a lot of, lot of horsepower in that swing, which looks effortless, but you can see the power that's in it. So even though you don't think, you know, you don't think mechanical, boy, there's a lot of good (laughs) mechanics going on in there, you know, to be as good as you were for as long as you were. Like it's a very good, I kind of call it a modern golf swing, right? Of how I'd want to swing a golf club of less hands, more rotation, you know, square or longer through the, through the zone, right? I don't want my hands to flip or feel like I have to manipulate yeah. anything. Like you've done a really good job of making that swing very neutral. Just allow you to turn yeah. and, and let it happen.
2: Yeah. That was, you know, I had some teachers through the years and we, well, I don't know if you remember this, you probably will, but remember Curtis Strange and uh, that type of deal? Well, at one point the theory was, well, we're going to take the hands out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to use
2: the big muscles. Remember yep. that type of, remember yep. that? Yeah. So I did a lot of that and then uh I just got real I could really for some reason even Scott Hoke told this to my my uh my agent one time, we had the same age, and he's like, I've never played with somebody that can that trusts that plays with so much trust. And so I did a lot of exercises where I would basically rather than working on my swing at home, I was working on how much could I trust every single shot or and then I'd take that right out into the tournaments, you know. So I was doing stuff like that rather than, uh, uh, you know, really getting mechanical. A lot of these guys are mechanical and, and you know, we're thinking that their golf swings are this and that. But I, was, I went to, and did other stuff, uh, kind of like what I think. You know, Freddie's swing's been the same. Yeah. You know, he hits it so good, right? Yeah. Well, he has more belief in what he's got than he leads on to. You know, he has to. Has to yeah. Like he just he, he just knows how good he is, even though, you know, he wouldn't ever say it or whatever. But he's just he's got he knows his golf swing. He knows how what to do and how to operate it so well. And so that was always my goal was to really it's even like my kid, like I've got it instilled in but he has to I haven't taught him a thing about his golf swing. He's dope himself, he can handle his own golf swing and plays the game with it's not about golf swing, It's about hitting it at the target. So, um, and that's just what I got good at. Like I, I would just get over a ball, like a wedge, for instance. And all I'm thinking about is the flag and I'm trying to make it, you know, there was no, you know, we, I could hit a, hit, you know, getting really good at hitting irons a certain distance or, um, I don't know, the more to me, the more you, Make a golf swing that's trying to hit a 9-iron 145 yards instead of 150. Or, you see, focusing on that type of stuff. You see what I'm getting at?
0: Yeah, and also you got your swing to a point where you can, like Freddie, where you can get to that, right? Because it was yeah. mechanically sound enough, even though you're not working on mechanics, that you can sort of go to the next level where you trust the golf swing. You're just out there to play golf and hit golf shots without overthinking it. Right. If, if we right. can, as golfers, that's all of our utopia where we try to get to. Right. Where you just see target, visualize it, and execute. You know, right. it's hard to and get chill. there, but if you're there, it's a it's a pretty sweet spot to be at. And with your golf swing as good as it is technically, and like I said, I would encourage people to go watch it. You'll see if you know golf swing, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it's a pretty good spot to have. Well, it
2: that's an that's nice of you to say, but you look at a guy like Scotty Scheffler, for instance, and it's so cool now that we can see the shape on the balls and you can see what the ball's doing in the air on TV. He's just out there hitting both ways. He's really, I mean, I think he's pre- predominantly hitting a cut off the key, but you can see that he's just, he's got so much command of uh, the ball. Where's the ball starting? that's the whole key too, is work on start lines. Like, can you start the ball there and have it twirl into whatever you're trying to do with it? Like Scotty Scheffler right now, to me, looks like he's hitting both ways. Yeah, and there's not like much command. thinking.
0: Yes, there's not much thinking. It's just C shot you want to hit. I mean, off the tee, unless it's a three wood, he basically hits a cut. And I, if I was his coach, I would tell him I would never hook a tee shot unless he absolutely had to, or play the three wood at that point. I love his motion off the tee. It's it's it's. We uh, was talking to Kelk about this. It's like a it's a modern version of Kelk. Swings even it's harder. The foot slips out of the, out, out of the way. The whole thing, just yeah. like he did. He just hits so a hard, I'll
2: tell you, hard fade. I'll tell you a funny story. So, Kurt Byron was watching him at balls, and Randy Smith, who's a buddy of mine also, who's a beautiful human also, he says, Kurt says to me, he says, so what are you guys working on? And, and he says, Randy quickly looks at him and he goes, what do you mean? And he says, well, what are you working on he goes, Are you not watching this kid at the ball? Why would we be working on anything? No. Nope. <laughs> that's what he said to Kurt. He goes, Are you not watching this? He hasn't missed a shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, that I
0: love that mentality, you know. So then he's just, Yeah, then the swing coach becomes almost just a mental coach, right? Or like Butch always gets yeah. the best out of people where it's like confident. Look at Ricky once he went back to Butch, right? They didn't work on that swing that much. It's gotta be that Butch no. gave him the confidence back. Right? And that's so what I'll re-
2: say, sir. So I went to Butch in 2001, early in 2001, and he looked at me and he said, why aren't you winning golf tournaments? And I looked at him and I said, well, uh," he goes, you should be winning tournaments. Well, what do you think that did for me? Mm -hmm. He's he's like the best mental coach there is. Jimmy Walker called me one day and he goes, do you think I should go to Butch Harmon? I'm like, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, he, he turned Jimmy. Jimmy ends up winning majors, does a bunch of stuff All for right. Jimmy, too, but his swing didn't switch that much. i changed no. that much.
0: No, it's a you it's know, a tweak so. here and there, maybe, and and a kick in the ass. I think he's very good at giving somebody a hug when they need it or a kick in the ass when they need it, and he makes them believe in themselves.
2: Yeah, like, you know, we shortened up my swing a little it a little wider, so I could get through it better, but now is it. Yeah, exactly. Next thing you know, I'm kissing the trophy at my first event, so it's yeah, it's just, it's it's mental. These guys are so good. It's just, even like I'm watching these kids play this week a little bit, you can just see it's, it's so mental, so mental out there because they're all good. They're all great players. It's just whether or not you can, what you can do mentally, you know? what you believe.
0: Yeah, you? well, Randy Smith just saying, we're not even telling Scotty that. Like, we're not going to work on anything. Just do what you're doing. Visualize the shot and hit it. And if that coming from Randy yeah. Smith and your coach for that long, if, he, if, if I had a coach that basically said, I'm not touching this, just go play golf, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Would that be an encouraging, I mean, talk about a confidence builder, huh? Then I just go, yeah. you know, see golf shot, hit golf shot? Well, oh, I think that's the utopia. kids
2: get cluttered up. They get cluttered up in their heads over, over, like, sometimes I think the worst thing, you, you you've heard this before, they're like, they're trying to get better, right? Well, they end up getting worse because they go down these avenues and people are telling them to do this and that to get better when, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we needed to do all that, you know? So, no. you've got to be careful with, uh, with uh, trying to get better. They're all good enough
0: right now. Exactly. All of them. Yeah, Ricky Fowler didn't need to get better. He just needed no. uh, uh, either a hug or a kick in the ass, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, somebody to say, "This looks great." We're not—we we, tweak—you know—we tweak this a little bit. We tweaked this a little bit, but that's it. Go play golf. You got this. Yeah, very this very small you. stuff. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, it's, been, it's so good to see too, because here's another guy that's a beauty queen. You know, he's just a beautiful guy. It's so good to sub. I love what the good guys
0: are playing. While. I just love watching that. Yeah, you know, it's The best coaches can do that. Uh, got a few other just quick hitters here for you. And then uh, sure. we'll let you get to the golf course. But uh, <laughs> I had to ask you, the, the coolest thing you ever bought after a win for like your family or yourself?
2: Oh, boy, I bought a lot of stuff. I probably bought too much stuff. I was into cars. I bought everybody. I bought probably... I bought a zillion Rolexes. I gave a bunch of those away. But they were, you know, they weren't terribly expensive back then, the ones I was giving away. But um, I was into the cars, you know, I had to have the Aston Martin. And uh, so I grew up, I didn't grow up with any money. So um, we were always, and this is probably, I probably shouldn't tell you this story, but, you know, we, we always are driving beaters. And I hung around with rich kids because, I don't know, but, you know, I was always embarrassed about cars. So, you know, I had not have a bunch of cars.
0: <laughs> is, is there one that stood out? Is there one like, all right, that was the apex of the ones I drove?
2: Well, the Aston Martin was cool. I always thought the twin turbo and Porsche was probably the coolest, you know, because it it was four wheel drive and it just hugged the road, and I'd love driving that car. But um, you know, then the private jet stuff was a big deal too. That flying private, we had to have a share of the citation shares was doing the deal back then so we were all, almost a bunch of guys on tour had the to hats. we were always flying private. I always thought that was probably the, that's probably the coolest thing that I ever did, is getting to fly private jets all the time, that was fun.
0: Was it worth it from a time-saving standpoint? Oh yeah, it was, I mean... For sure. You know, the, the beautiful
2: thing was we get to the tournaments. They have the tournament cars sitting there. So you get out of the plane and you're right. And then I'm still, well, I know they're doing it now. All these kids are flying private, but, um, you know, you jump out of the plane and your car's right there, you throw your stuff in the trunk and you go to the hotel. I mean, it's,
0: you can't beat
2: it. It was the best.
0: And then go home and see the family quickly afterwards and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just made that, it made it, uh, made travel so much easier, so much easier.
0: Well, I think that's a good answer. Ro- Ro- Rolex watches, Aston Martins, and private jets. I dig it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, I had to, doing all the private jet stuff, I had to get my pilot's license. So then I ended up, I bought a, I bought two Ciruses in my life. I, bought, I flew myself all over the country for four years also, which was probably the highlight. I love
0: doing that, too. So uh,
2: that was the... Probably overspent some money through the years, but what can you do? I had it last.
0: Favorite two or three golf courses you've had to play, and not tour course, like any course that you've gotten to play anywhere around the world, and what makes them great architecturally?
2: So I never got I never got an uh, invite to the Masters. My wings never, for some reason, were off kilt and didn't I never played the Masters. So that's one thing that's kind of sucks in the whole program for me. But I, and then I did play. I got my one of my roommates in college was was the assistant pro at Pine Valley for a while. So I got to play there. That golf course is unbelievable. Um, of course, the day we went, they had just punched the greens. But still, that, that to me, that golf course was different than anything I'd ever played. So I would definitely say that one. And then, uh, um, you know, Pebble Beach is always a pleasure. Spyglass, I love Spyglass. Um,
0: Cypress, do you put up there? What do you take, Cypress or
2: I You know what? I haven't played Cypress. You've never, never played Cypress? to play. Never played Cypress yet. Oh, oh, you maybe I'll play. try to do it sometime.
0: You got it's it's so cool. It's so it's good. It's a spot. Yeah, it's just, I will tell you. It's pretty I awesome. I will tell
2: you, we got Boot Ranch in Fredericksburg, Texas, is a neat spot too. Have you heard of that?
0: I have not. No.
2: Yeah, Hal Sutton built that in 2008. It's just an amazing place. Um, you know, it's it's kind of, I've only pretty much, I haven't done a lot of golf at courses outside of the tour courses, you know, but um, around the country. But Pine Valley is definitely the best I've ever played, I would say.
0: Have you been to Pine Valley? I have not played Pine Valley, no. no I, that one is on the list. I haven't done it. Um, everyone yeah. who's played it says it. it's just incredible, right? Of how good it is yeah, architecturally.
2: So, yeah. Like it is just, it's so like, it's just every hole you just stand, I go, Oh my goodness. This is so nice. And then, you know, I grew up in Minnesota. Those golf courses are nice up there, you know,
0: oh, there's some A lot good of ones. good courses. In yeah. Minnesota. I did uh, uh, town and country last year, which was so cool. Cause it's mm-hmm. so old, right? It's just old mm-hmm. architecture mm-hmm. and, uh, Minneapolis Golf Club. They just redid it and brought it back, kind of in the more historic uh, lines. Fantastic. There's some really good golf up in the Minneapolis area.
2: Oh yeah, we just I just played Minneapolis. In fact, I just played with Rocco and my son. We played this summer up at Minneapolis Golf Club. That's a beautiful.
0: It's play. great, wouldn't it? Aren't the green complexes? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, fan- it's great. I played Hazeltine. I, they had it. It's really hard. I don't know if I'd want to play there every yeah. day. You know they, I, we we. It beat the, the rough was up and you know, the way the greens are perched up, like I could play it, but man, that's a tough golf course. They kinda have that set up like you could have a major tomorrow out there.
2: Yeah, that's a little different though. That's not like the old school course no. in the
0: trees, you know? No. That's a that's a big boy Better hit it high in the air and carry it, and I, I prefer more gold age yeah. architecture. Like I get more geeked out on town and country and Minneapolis Golf Club and those kind of places, right? Where yeah, interlocking yep. and older, old ones. Yeah, they're the best, you know. Um yeah. in, my, in my opinion, I enjoy that you know t- style of golf more.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yep. So. Best golf shot you ever hit under pressure. Hmm. Let's see.
2: Well I always I always harp on my kid, I say, Can you three putt from thirty or can you two putt from thirty feet for
1: to win a golf
2: Because that's you know, that's kind of a big deal, right? I so think. when I two putted the dicks, two putting the dicks was a big deal. I mean I just got it up there, you know, to tap in. It's hard to two putt. So I practice it all the time. I practice in fact a good tip for your listeners is I spend most of my time putting from 40 to 50 to 60 feet. And so I, uh, it's, and I, and I make my kid do it too, and he's a great putter, but I make more putts today than I ever have. And I only practice long ones. In fact, I don't even need to go to a putting green and make any putts. Like I don't, it's the, it's the weirdest thing, and I'm not sure how I got onto it, but my putting is, way better than it's ever been. And my speed. So, you know, if I can handle a 60 footer, like I harp on my son, like, let's say you're 500 par for the day and you got a 60 footer. It's a big deal. If you can get that up there to tap in because it takes all the stress off your round. Right. Cause so, uh, probably just that two putt that I had, because, you know, you can. I could have made some serious mistakes. Or I'm nervous as can be. I could have messed that up. You know, um, and I take such pride in that part of it, the, the game. That the speed. Like I'm a big speed guy. Like I watch these kids putt. There's speed. Like where's the speed? Everybody's banging them around. You know, that's not like the art of putting. I don't know if you've noticed, but the putting. Where's them Crenshaw's? Where's the, uh... Yeah, they hit them harder now. They, it, Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's not kind of dying in on all sides of the cup. They bang them pretty good.
2: Yeah, it looks mechanical. Like, there's no, like... I'm trying to figure who's who's the purest putter on tour right now. Even Luke said it to me. He goes, these guys aren't great. Cam Smith. Yeah, Cam Smith. There you go. But that's an He's old school kind of... That. That's
0: Yeah, that looks more facts into, you know, facts into me.
2: Yeah. It's like these kids spend so much time on their big games that they don't really, and then they take the mechanical part, right? They you get know, all this aim point stuff. I'm, to be honest with you, like I watch these kids and they're standing all over their lines and all this aim point that takes forever. It's driving me crazy because it's just so not feeling, you know? They don't even read the pots. They just do the aim point. These junior kids, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Does does that drag you nuts when they're standing all over their lines and stuff like that? As a
0: golf fan watching it, yes. I understand the potential. I think DJ, for example, has putted better with that system with him and AJ using it. You know, because DJ was never a great putter, and he's turned himself into a very good putter with it.
2: Right. Isn't it amazing that the best players in the world aren't really good putters? Colin Moacow are a good putter?
0: At times, streaky. Yeah. Streaky, at best. DJ's got himself good team. though. You know, Kepka putts it pretty yeah. good. He he
2: putted it's really good putted, yesterday. It, like to me, if 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 Dustin Johnson was a good putter, he wouldn't lose. You know, remember some of those years where he just absolutely missed everything and still would win. I
1: mean,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, you know, it shows how good his ball striking is. But, yeah, I mean, his I golf know. his golf swing got better. You know, his golf game got better when he started hitting more fades and worked on his wedge game more. And then when they've started using mm-hmm. aim point and AJ helping him with the aim point, you can see he went from – I mean, they're all – you guys, he's a good putter. He's on the P.J. Tour. Yeah. But he's yeah. gotten himself – he was adequate. Let me see. He's adequate. He's gotten himself pretty damn good with that system. Yes, It's mechanical. It's it you know it's not free flowing like a Cam Smith stroke. I think Cam Smith probably reads greens really well naturally too, right? To let that stroke just sort of go. But DJ, those guys have, you know, you got to give them credit on tour where they were, you know, that's not their strongest suit, and they figured out how to how to be pretty damn good, right? You All know, right. Uh, so yeah. I think for those guys, you know, Adam Scott of the world or Schwartzel who aren't naturally great putters. I think some yeah. of the systems have helped. It's boring as shit to watch from a, you know, yeah. from a consumer standpoint. But I get why they're doing it.
2: I'd say now that I think about it, you know what a great putter, Scheffler. He's yes. fun to watch, spot. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot of. I mean, he's I mean, he's freewheeling everything right now, right? Where it's just it's naturally yeah, really, really good.
2: He's got a beautiful. Well, I like Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay puts nice. Yeah. I think you know, yeah, just yep. a nice natural uh, natural look about it.
1: Yeah,
0: the, um, the best putters uh, still have that natural flow of the stroke, right? Where there's a little bit of door closure to it. You know, it's not as yeah. locked in and square to square. I mean, those guys can make that work, but there's something just beautiful about watching like a Cam Smith stroke. Where he just okay. it opens, I mean, I, it shuts, he hits his line, he knows the line of the damn putt goes
2: the in. Seed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I love putting. I'm a big I putt all the time. I putt in the house for hours. I just I really want to putt him but um JT Poston is. A, I love watching him putt.
0: Yeah, he puts it. Really you
2: know, but good. he's not. He's in there, kind of funny. He doesn't have mechanic. You know, he's just. But he just. He's like, I'm making this, and they go in. You know, I love that. I but just love
0: that. Don't you agree? Though it's a very free looking stroke. He has no. Yeah, he, no, no hold on. There's it releases. There's there's it's not a lot of mechanics on that one.
2: Yep. You can tell the guys that are good putters that that. Are, figure it out themselves. You know, Verplank Plank was always a great putter. Yeah, he, and he was, I don't, guy. I bet you he, I guarantee he didn't get any lessons from anybody or Willie Wood or, you know, the guys that can really roll it. Like they, they figure it out. They putt all the time. They figure out how to make putt. I love that. Love watching that.
0: Yeah. When, in his heyday, man, he could Scott for a Plank putt.
2: Whew. So could Kelk. Calc. Calc was a good putter.
0: Kelk was, he didn't admit though. He was, he, when he was on, he was also yeah, gets streaky. streaky. he was streaky. When he was mm. on, look out. Yeah, but I would say overall he was a very good putter in his, you know, in that 10-year oh, run he had. He, I mean, you don't, you're not that good and win 13, 14 times in that stretch he had without being able to roll his rock pretty damn well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real well, good putter. Uh, final one I got for you here. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, what's a t- You, you played the tour for all these years. What's like a town mm-hmm. or a tournament that gets overlooked where it's like this city – you know, it is actually really, really cool, and then maybe the average you know golf fan or somebody going to visit that city wouldn't think that the city has that kind of soul and character and fun. Like, is there one or one or two towns that kind of stand out from the Champions Tour or PJ Tour? It's like, you know, what I didn't think this city would be this much fun, and the tournament this much fun, and it's a great spot to visit.
2: Uh, well, Hilton Head, obviously, but I think everybody knows about that one. But kind of, you know, I I always like going to like Davenport. Flint, the food. Like I always was looking for good food. Like a lot of good spots to eat in uh, at the John Deere. Yeah, great restaurants um, in the Quad
0: Cities out there. And great people. Yeah,
2: really good food there. Great people. Um, you know, Flint is another one that I enjoy going to. But I kind of like the smaller town feels. Little feels more like I'm at home. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to think where else do we enjoy well i'm not my new favorite is newport beach are you kidding me? that place is unbelievable that whole town that's that's just a beautiful place to be um you know there's i mean the texas open i think a lot of guys come like coming to san antonio for the mexican food the margaritas and stuff like that uh a lot of people know about that. Too. Great culture
0: in San Antonio for the food and culture. Yeah, right?
2: yeah oh yeah. I think you know now they're staying out here at this hotel. Our new TPC place, well, it's not new anymore, but it's just an awesome facility. Um, trying to think where else. Well, I always like going to Mississippi too because we were always eating cool places there too. Great people. That was a real family-oriented feeling. Like the whole town was into the tournament. Those yeah. are the ones that are cool. Or the Maybe the town is really wants you there, you know.
0: Well, yeah, that's like our hometown tournament of the John Deere, right? Like, you know, we grew up going out there, and still today, like that whole community is just so like so excited to have you guys out there to play. It's such, you know, that you get.
2: That's the feel you're looking for, right? And so, uh, any of those types of tournaments, but it's it's cool when you you go to all these different places. Like, I know what restaurants I'm going to. I know where I want what I want to do there. You know, it almost becomes like. The, you're so familiar with the area that you have your certain things and places and places you eat and things like that every relief that you look forward to. It's pretty cool.
0: Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate your time oh, on it. Great course. conversation. And, um, yeah, man, like like I said, I uh, this was definitely a good conversation to have, and I, I thought it would be. So thanks for taking the time today, <laughs> Pro. Of course. I'll look forward to talking to you soon, okay? Perfect. Thank you so much.
2: You bet